Hello, you're listening to audio from First Church Butler. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit butlerfumc.com and connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at First Church Butler. So, I received something pretty important in the mail this week. Kind of been waiting on it. I've received my up-to-date passport. It's pretty important because mine had expired, and I realized it back in March that it had expired. So I did what was necessary to get it up to date. And the post office said at that time that they were running about eight to ten weeks returning the new passport. Eight weeks was going to be okay. Ten weeks would push it just a little bit. See, I'm leaving on the 25th of this month for some retreat time in southern Quebec. And without this little book in my hand, well, that big trip was going to be a big no-no because you can't get across the border without one of these. But now, with this little book in my hand, (laughs) retreat time is just a few weeks away. And I'm really looking forward to time in Echo Bay. Time for reading. Quiet time for writing. Quiet time to pray. And there'll be some fishing mixed in there a little bit. I'll probably be fishing with my very good friend Kevin. And that means when he and I fish together that He drives the boat, and I am the anchor boy. Now, what that usually means is some pretty specific procedures when it comes to anchoring the boat. Kevin is very, very particular in how he anchors the boat because he believes that how you anchor the boat keeps the boat over the fish and allows the boat to remain in that spot should the winds kick up. Let me say that again. How you anchor the boat keeps the boat over the fish and allows it to remain there should the wind kick up. Keeping things anchored is pretty important in a lot of places in our lives, wouldn't you say? I mean, if the soil is overly saturated and a tree isn't well anchored, well, as several of us discovered six or so weeks ago, when the wind kicks up, the trees fall on things like houses and creates a lot of challenge. Some of us who had our cars parked in the parking lot downtown discovered that if shingles aren't well anchored and the wind kicks up, shingles end up lying on your car in the downtown parking lot. We've discovered this week and in the past few weeks as well that if financial institutions aren't well anchored, that they too can run into trouble when the winds kick up. And then, of course, 
then of course there's life itself, right? If, if life isn't well anchored and the winds kick up, life can run into trouble. I mean, we live in this kind of, in this crazy world that the winds of change and challenge come at you and I from a whole bunch of different directions, don't they? Are you out there? Don't they? I mean, the wind can come from one direction and say to you and to me, this is the truth. And then the wind can come from the exact opposite direction and say, no, this is the truth. You and I can hear one voice that says, read this to find out who you really are. And then a voice can come from a completely different direction and say, no, that person is wrong. That book is wrong. You need to read this one. This book is the one that will tell you who you really are. The wind can, can, can come at us from one direction and say, you need to listen to this particular teacher. She has a handle on the truth. And then the wind come, can, can come at us from another direction and say, no, she's wrong. You need to listen to this person, this guy over here. He has the truth. The winds of change are happening in our, in our world so, so dramatically that they even suggest to you and to me that things that we have always believed as true aren't really true anymore. Your understanding is archaic. You need to change your understanding. You need to get with the program of modern thinking is what the winds are suggesting in our world today. I mean, if you've ever tried to anchor a boat in, in a river or in a lake while the winds are swirling from all kinds of different directions, you know how hard that is. And it's like, Trying to anchor life these days in something that is true is kind of like trying to anchor a boat when the winds are swirling. It's tough. That's why I'm really excited about something that we've read this week in Romans chapter 8. There's a couple of verses in Romans chapter 8 that serve for you and for me to be really powerful anchor verses. They're verses that remind us of who we are because of Jesus Christ and they're verses that we can come back to again and again and again. They serve as anchors for us, okay? Check this out. This is Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. Paul says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if in fact we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit that bears witness with our spirit that we are, in fact, children 
of God. Hallelujah. Sisters and brothers, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, let's make sure we're clear. Paul says to you and to me that every person that surrenders their life to Jesus Christ are children of God. And that now when that happens, they are given the Spirit of God as a guarantee of that. The Spirit of God guarantees that they are children of God. And the gift of that Spirit enables us to talk to God just like we would talk to an earthly parent. We are, in fact, what Paul says, we are, as those who are not Jewish, we are adopted into the family of God and we become just like God's chosen people. We are adopted into the family of God. We no longer need to question where we stand with God. We are children. When we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, we are adopted into the family of God, and we are permanently His children. Hallelujah. Now, I don't usually quote biblical commentators to you. That can be a little heady. Sometimes, but I found a quote from Douglas Moo this week that just I just have to share this with you. Check this out. He says, We belong to the ultimate in group, <laughs> those who are the dearly loved children of the God of the universe. Nor do we have to worry about being rejected from this relationship. Now, watch this as Paul has been teaching, our adoption is permanent. Our adoption is permanent. Nothing can change that. Nothing and nobody can keep us from enjoying God's favor and blessing forever. Hallelujah. Our adoption is permanent. It's a permanent thing. Nobody's going to come and serve us with papers that say the adoption has been rescinded. It's a permanent thing. We are just like the chosen people, we are grafted in because of Jesus Christ as God's chosen people. That's who we are if we have surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ. Wow. So I want you to think about this. When we allow the winds that come from the evil one to cause doubt about who we are, when we kind of live uncertain about our identity as children of God, then watch what happens. The things that God has promised become maybes and not things that we can bank on. If we might be children of God, then the things that God has promised might be true. And I don't want to live my life that way. I don't know about you. I don't want to live my life that way. We have got to first and foremost trust that the relationship with God is a solid, 
permanent thing. And when we do that, then all of the things that God has promised are permanent as well. Watch this. We've got to drop our anchor there. When we drop our anchor there that we are in fact children of God and that that is permanent, then everything that God has promised becomes permanent and true and things that we can bank on as well. Hallelujah. That's absolutely the truth. Now, maybe this morning, whether you're in this space, whether you're watching online or whether you're going to be listening later on in the week, maybe, maybe you're listening right now and you feel a little like you're not really anchored at all. Maybe you feel like you're drifting a little bit, and, and maybe you're wondering whether or not this Jesus guy can make some kind of difference in your life. Maybe, some, maybe somewhere somebody told you who you were, but that didn't work out very well. Maybe somebody told you who you were not. And that caused some wounding in your life. And you tried to cope with all of that in a whole bunch of different ways. And some of those ways weren't very, very helpful, very healthy. Some of them caused some destruction in your life. Some of that caused further wounding in your life. Let me say a word to you. When you let Jesus Christ tell you who you are, when you begin to let Him define your identity and connect you to His story, and that spirit starts to come alive in your life, then when all of those voices that come from the evil one try to resurface in your life, start to tell you lies and reconnect you to the voices of your past, that spirit is going to rise in your life and say, nope, that's not who you are anymore. And you're going to be able to tell the evil one, sit down and shut up. Amen. That's not who I am anymore. I am a child of God and that's a permanent status. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning or listening online and maybe you've been connected to the church. Maybe you've been connected to Christ for a period of time, like me. Short period of time, a medium period of time, a longer period of time. And maybe over that period of time, your, your connection to your status as a child of God has become assumed. And that can happen. When you've been connected to Christ, when you've been a Christ follower for a period of time, it's almost like we become, we start wearing it as a lapel pin. We wear it as a badge. It's a group that we belong to. And we, we start to forget just what it means to be a child of God, a follower of Jesus. And you know what happens? In, in our lives, the evil one, the evil one tests just how well we are anchored as a child of God. 
The evil one will use an illness. The evil one will, will start to test, will use an, a relationship that all of a sudden doesn't work anymore. Or the evil one will, will, will use a child or a grandchild that all of a sudden is troubled. Or the evil one will, will look at the culture and things that we have always believed and will all of a sudden start to cast doubt on that. And the evil one will use stuff in our lives to test us just how well anchored we really are as followers of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God that's in us will start to rise up again and maybe will start to wake us up from our complacency. And will begin to remind us, you know what? Remember who you are. You are not any of those things. You are a child of God. That's who you are. Remember that that's where you dropped your anchor. See, here's the truth. Our task, your task and my task, is to stay in constant contact with the Spirit. That's our task. The Spirit's task is to remind us of our identity. Our task is to stay in constant contact with the Spirit. That's what we've got to do. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I've got to say what I've said countless times from here. How do you stay in constant contact with the Spirit? You put yourself in the places where the Spirit promises to be. That's how you do it. It, it works like this. Can I ask you, how many times in the course of a day do you consume a beverage? This is the interactive part. How many times in the course of a day do you consume a beverage? Do you think more than once? I don't care what it is. How many coffeeholics do I have in the room? Okay, we got quite a few. How many tea people do we have in the room? Yeah? How many Diet Pepsi folks? Diet Coke? How many Mountain Dew people? Oh, yeah, there's the hard ones. Yeah. How many water people in all the plethora of presentations that that's out there. You, you consume a beverage probably more than once a day. Why? Because your body needs it to survive. If you don't have a beverage, you're not going to survive. Your body needs it to survive. Can I get us to think about our connection to the Spirit in a similar way? Our spirit need connection to the spirit to survive. Our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus is good, needs connection to the spirit like that to survive. If, if we bypass time and places, in the places where the spirit promises to be, if we bypass that, we're going to deny our spirits the nourishment that's needed to stay connected to Him. And what's going to happen? The anchor is going to come loose. And before long, we're not going to be over the fish anymore. Do you suppose, do you suppose that this week, when you consume a beverage, it might remind you to give attention to connecting with your spirit. You suppose. What if, what if every time you consumed a beverage this week, 
you might think Bible. Think about this. Beverage and Bible. I made that up. Beverage and Bible. Maybe every time you consumed a beverage, you could open your Bible app on your phone and read a few verses. Or maybe every time you sipped a cup of coffee, you could close your eyes and recall a few verses of the Bible from memory. And and it would allow the Holy Spirit to ground you again in your connection to Jesus. Pastor, that's so simple. Let me tell you something. The longer I walk with Jesus, the more I am convinced it is those simple moments that are so critically important when the wind kicks up in our life. Because it's adding those simple moments together over the period of of time that build up so that when the wind kicks up in life, you've got something to bank on. Bible and beverage. Say it. Bible and beverage. Say it. Beverage and Bible. Try it this week. You know, the Lord's Supper is an anchoring moment for us. It it was on that list. Did you see it? The works of piety, the Lord's Supper. It's a place where the Holy Spirit promises to be. The Lord's Supper is an anchoring moment. It's one of those places that if we put ourselves there and if we're listening, the Holy Spirit will say to you and to me, remember, you were bought with a price. Your life is not your own. It belongs to Jesus Christ. And that means that that story, your story of despair, your story of being slaved to something that shackles you from your past, that's not your story anymore. Your story is one of freedom and power and hope because of Jesus Christ. That's your story now. That's your story now. So when you come to the table of the Lord this morning, here's my challenge. Drop your anchor there. Drop your anchor.